welcome to the CX Chronicles podcast. This is the show for customer service managers, VPs of customer experience, and all of you other CXers out there. Every week, we are going to dig into topics, challenges, wins, and updates in the CX and customer service community. I'm your host, Adrian Brady Chisana. Check us out at CXChronicles.com. Feel free to reach out to us anytime. Thank you so much for being a part of the CX Chronicles Nation. All right, guys, how are we doing today? Thank you so much for listening to the CX Chronicles podcast. I am very excited about today's show. I have Matthew Friedman, head of customer experience at Cleanly in New York City today. Uh, Matt and I have had a had a bunch of great chats over the over the last month together, and I'm really excited about Matt to come on today and give us uh, give us a run through about his story and kind of how he got to where he is, and then we're going to chat a little bit about um, him, his team, and some of the things that they do on a day to day to take care of their their customers over at Cleanly. So, without further ado, Matt Matthew Friedman, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Adrian. It's great to be on. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, so Matt and I were just chatting, guys. We're, we're we're both over in New York today, and it is finally the first gorgeous day here. So people are pretty are feeling pretty good about things on our side. Oh yeah, it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> a- absolutely. Um, so Matt, I'd love to uh, you know, as all of our listeners know, we spend a lot of time chatting each week about the four CX pillars: team, systems processes and workflows, and customer feedback. So uh, I'd love to hop into the first pillar today, team structure and organization. I'd love for you to share um, share with our listeners, Matt, talk about your team over at Cleanly and talk about um, the team that you've, 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 you've helped to build. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we have uh, what I like to say a relatively small but mighty team at Cleanly. Uh, right now the team um, is about uh, seven people, uh, including myself. Um, sorry, not including myself. Uh, so I'm mixed up of, of part-time and full-time. Um, and uh, we use uh, two-tier support. So we have a, a Tier 1 team whose job it is to handle all inbound, um, deal with those uh, issues that can be solved in, in usually one or two responses, uh, and gather information and escalate uh, to our Tier 2 team who handle the more difficult difficult, uh, and complex, uh, customer interactions. That's, that's awesome. So first things first, small and mighty. I love it. Um, (laughs) so many, so many of our listeners, Matt, as you, as you and I have chatted about there, there are people that are, are, are running some of the teams like this, that you and I are running where you're dealing with a ton of stuff and you might not have a, you might not have a, a, a huge team to work with. You got six, seven, eight, nine, ten people taking care of a mountain of things. So, um, but it sounds like you guys are nice and set up already. So you've got the tier one and the tier two um, strategy setup. How can you give us a sense, Matt, for how does your team interact with the customer primarily today over at Cleanly? Sure. So we have a couple different channels of support uh, that we offer. Uh, We offer uh, SMS support, uh, phone and email primarily. Um, We also do Twitter support, Facebook support. and, and take some of the pressure there off of our, our, our social media and marketing teams. Um, yeah, I, the, the channels that we utilize uh, sort of vary based on uh, what specifically we're helping uh, customers with. So, so given that we're uh, in the pickup and delivery for laundry business, uh, the majority of our SMS support is handled uh, 
in those pickup and delivery windows, people wanting to know, you know, where their driver is, if what uh, ETA they can expect, you know, maybe the, the driver arrived uh, at their apartment, buzzed and called, and the customer didn't hear it, and they're saying, wait, 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 can you send them back? Uh, sure. Um, so that's typically uh, handled by SMS, and, and phone and email is, is kind of comprised of all of those other uh, interactions. Phone is typically things that are more urgent, uh, more serious. Some people also just prefer to talk on the phone. Absolutely. And as always, we're kind of evaluating other support channels that we can we can offer. That's great. No, that's awesome. So it sounds like you guys have your your hands pleasantly full over there, sir, huh? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, it's one of the th- one of the things that uh, is a, is a unique challenge uh, being a, a startup that is you know pretty uh, well known. We have a, a fairly large customer base is that customers often don't don't even think or, or, or don't stop to realize that you know the customer experience team is, is small and so you know it's one of the it's one of the unique challenges of working in a startup is that you're talking to customers who believe that you're a much bigger operation than you are uh, and it's something that you don't necessarily want to have a conversation about uh, because you don't want them to think that obviously the uh, team is, is a small team and that it's a young company. Um, but it's it's certainly one of the more uh, unique and difficult challenges of, of being in a startup environment. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I'm, for customers, I'm, yeah. no, no question about it. From some of the chats that you and I had over the, over the last couple of weeks together, I mean, similar to Matt, guys, I, I spent a lot of my time you know, really building and managing frontline customer experience and service teams like Matt here. And when you're at these startups, you are learning every single day, right? You've got different customer interactions coming in from all these different angles. Uh, some days when you think you finally got it figured out and you got your tier one and your tier two and in a really nice tight place, you might get hit with some new thing that you never even really thought about as a, as you're, you're growing the business before. And it's, it's, I'll tell you what, it's super exciting. It's a fun time. It's a challenging time, but, 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 it is definitely, um, you know, it's one of the one of the periods of the business in which there's a tremendous amount of hard work that goes into to making this stuff happen. Um, Matt, kind of kind of moving towards our second six pillar of systems and tools. So you talked about all the different mediums that you use to talk with your customers. What are can you share with us today and share with the CX Chronicles Nation a little bit about what some of those systems and tools are that that you and your team use to sort of pull the bells and the whistles to make everything happen each day. Yeah, absolutely. So we, uh, you know, utilize some third-party tools and some internal tools. Uh, for uh, our CRM tool, we utilize Zendesk, um, though we actually uh, work using a modified version of Zendesk that's built into our, our, our very robust back-end system. Nice. Uh, okay. We have a great engineering team at Cleanly, okay. and, you know, early on, uh, once I, I came on board, uh, I had you know, very serious, long conversations with our uh, CTO about how we can improve efficiencies for our team. And Zendesk is great. It's a great tool. Uh, There are ways that we wanted to connect it to our back-end systems, you know, looking up customer orders, being able to add credit, give discounts, uh, log issues. And we decided the only way to really do that and maintain the kind of efficiencies that we're looking for for is to basically build our own uh, modified version of Zendesk right into our back-end system. And so my team spends the majority of their time in this back-end system 
where we kind of control everything. Um, on top of that, you know, we have a couple third-party tools. Uh, in addition to Zendesk, like uh, AirCall for our phone support, we use Twilio for SMS support. That's great. So wait, so for a second, so so man, yeah. I want to go back to okay, Zendesk built in. Um, so. Talk to our listeners a little bit about this because this is the stuff that actually people love. Like, there's, I know yeah, we're getting into absolutely. the weeds on it, but like, so basically, you have your ticketing system. You have Zendesk talking to your backend system. Is the bulk of you and your team really kind of driving and teeing up your tickets right inside of the backend, or is it still, um, is it still primarily driven out of Zendesk? I just, I would love to kind of learn more about that myself. Sure, absolutely. So we, so we have this very robust. Uh, back-end system that we use, and it has basically all of the information about our customers uh, that we would need access to. So uh, being able to look up their orders, their, you know, promo codes, their address information for their pickup and deliveries, basically all the information that we would need uh, in order to help and assist a customer. I love it. And so what we did, uh, what we did is using Zendesk's APIs, um, we actually pull all of the information that Zendesk gets uh, from ticketing, user profiles, all of that, uh, and we actually pulled it into the system that we created. So we have a ticketing system built in, into our back end, and the backbone of this system is the data that we get from from Zendesk. That's awesome, man. That's huge. That's a yeah. that's a really really great task. Um, shout out to obviously the the clean lead uh, engineering team for making that happen. And the other yeah. the only reason why I'm picking on it, Matt, is you and I chatted about this the other day, like. Certain people in other parts of the business um, that that don't necessarily spend a lot of their time dealing, you know, one on one with the clients every single day. Sometimes they do not realize how huge this is for us to do our jobs well. Being able to pull up pull up a customer's information quick and easy, right? A couple strokes of the of the mm-hmm. mouse or the keypad, and have this information in front of you. Man, it makes it so much easier for us to do our jobs really well, doesn't it? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, this is this is one of the biggest. Uh, efficiencies that we needed to address it cleanly. you know, as I started to dig into the data, I was noticing that our team was spending, you know, they're, they're working in Zendesk proper, at least originally, sure. and then they have the back end to open. So they're working on two screens with these two different windows opening up. Yep. And, you know, they're spending maybe an extra uh, 90 to 120 seconds per ticket going back and forth between those two screens, which doesn't sound like a tremendous amount of time when you're looking at it on a per ticket basis, but you add it up in aggregate. And that's a ton of time that we're spending uh, just juggling these two systems and being able to merge the two has increased our our, our efficiencies uh, significantly. Absolutely. We've gone from from over the last eight months uh, from – an average of uh, nine hours uh, for first response time, all the way down to uh, two to three hours. Nice. That's huge. Response. That's a huge improvement. Yeah. That's huge. yeah. It's been it's been uh, remarkable. Yeah. So so look, it, look, it, it, you you really quickly can begin to see how some of the folks that that that, that are really kind of sitting at at the uh, the helms of these customer experience and service teams, we know how big this stuff is. We know how how, how much of an impact it can have. And I, these are some pretty great examples here, Matt, of, of kind of how 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 much these um, these efficiencies can really transform not just the team that's that's dealing with the customers, but the entire organization. That's really really great. Um, in, in terms of in terms of the third CX pillar of processes and workflows, 
So we've talked about the team. We've talked about, um, you know, some of the tools. How do you sort of think about how the processes and the workflows to drive your team set up today um, at Cleanly? How do you sort of think about processes and workflows as it relates to helping drive your team forward? Yeah, I mean, it's the big question, right? Um, it's, it's one of those things that's never truly done. Um, every time I think I have it figured out, like this is going to be the best uh, approach for our team, uh, I realize that, you know, we still have a, a bit of a ways to go. Um, yep. You know, the one thing you were talking, you were talking earlier about how, uh, you know, we're kind of always learning. Uh, and, the, and the thing that, that I've learned the most over, especially during my time at Cleanly, is that uh, it, it, it's very working in a, in a startup environment with a, a young company and a young team, it's a very humbling experience because every time you think you have it figured out, it, it it's never quite what you, what you think it's going to no. be. Yeah, uh, right. And so, you know, one of the things that, that I rely on is I really rely on feedback uh, from my agents on the ground. Um, I, I don't believe in sort of the monolithic approach of, you know, the head of CX or VP or, or whatever the position is, sort of setting the, the, the course for, for how the team is going to go and just sticking to that and making changes where they're needed. Uh, I like to take a more Socratic approach where I talk to my team or biweekly meetings about, okay, what do you guys think we need to be doing differently? Uh, what, what decisions can I make? What things can I implement that's going to make your jobs easier? Uh, and I continue these conversations in the one-on-one uh, meetings that I have with my team um, to hear what they want. Before I make a change in, you know, in our queues and Zendesk, I'll, I'll send an email to the team or I'll talk to them directly and say, what do you guys think about this? What do you guys think about this change? Do you think this could be helpful? And then when we make a change, we, we keep it maybe in place for a couple of weeks and see, okay, is this working? Is this not working? Is, there a, uh, is it a negligible change? Is it something a little bit uh, bigger? And we sort of go from there. I love that, Matt. It's constantly evolving. I think that, you know, there's, there is uh, one of the quickest and fastest um, emerging themes on this show that all of these incredible CX leaders – continue to say it's that point that you just brought up my friend and that's that's this notion of listen to my team listen to the people that are listening to the customers and the internal teams that are that are that are making all these things happen on the day-to-day if you listen to those folks you get incredible feedback you get feedback that comes from multiple 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 directions and also if you can focus on some of the glaring themes that come from that feedback Boy, it's going to make it a lot easier for you to really focus organizationally on on what the what the one, two, and three impact items are that you really need to focus on. Set OKRs to, uh, set goals to, and then really get the folks internally rowing towards those directions. So, amen, man. I, I completely agree with you on that point, man. I, and I bet you your team, on the flip side of things, loves the fact that they have an individual that's really kind of pulling some of these things out of them, talking about the conversations and sharing. That's huge, Matt. Yeah, I mean, that's the most, that's what I think is one of the most important things in this kind of environment. Um, You want your team to feel like they are a part of building this organization because the whole company is in the process of being built. And that's sort of the the luxury 
uh, and wonderful aspect of working at a, at a young startup is those processes aren't hardwired and in, and in place, so you can be really malleable in yep. Yep. what you decide to do. And by making your team a part of those decisions, it gives them ownership, it makes them more committed, uh, and it gives you insight that you might not necessarily have. Yep. No, uh, that's yeah. that's exactly that's exactly it. Now, in terms of okay, so we're talking about team feedback right now. Let's let's flip that switch to that fu- that fourth and final CX pillar of of customer feedback. Talk to me and talk to the CX Chronicles Nation a little bit about how how does Cleanly get their customer feedback today? How, uh, what are the primary ways that you get uh, the good, bad, and the ugly from your customers at Cleanly? Absolutely. So every time a customer uh, completes an order, uh, we ask them to review it. We actually ask them to review their pickup and their delivery separately. And then when the order is completed, they have the option to review the whole uh, order. Uh, Excuse me. And uh, we look at all of those reviews that come in from our customers. They're asked to rate their order and provide additional notes. Uh, You know, we also use NPS. Uh, and my team gets uh, customer satisfaction surveys uh, when they uh, solve out uh, a support uh, ticket. Matt, talk, um, so we use all of this. I'm sorry, real yep. quick. I just wanted to add one thing. So MP, you mentioned MPS. You mentioned CSAT. Um, for some of our listeners out there that are trying to get this stuff stood up right now, for some of our small business owners that, that want this, um, how, what is the quickest easy that you gather those NPS and those CSAT results today? Yeah, well, so uh, we utilize right now for our CSAT, we utilize uh, just the general Zendesk um, customer satisfaction uh, tool that they have built into Zendesk. Perfect. Um, you know, I it's good. Uh, there are there are tools that I've used in the past that uh, I think can provide uh, a lot more information. Okay. Uh, and a lot more actionable information for your team. We haven't done it yet because it doesn't really make sense for. Uh, for our team just yet, um, okay. but the tool that the tool that I really love is a tool called Stella Connect. Stella Connect. Um, yeah, Stella Connect is a really great tool. Uh, it, not just because it gives you really, really good actionable data on what your customers think that your support team can be doing better, yep. uh, but it also gives your your support agents uh, incentive to be providing the best support possible. Huh. Um, it asks them. It asks customers to rate on a scale of one to five stars. If they choose uh, four, four or five stars, uh, it gives the customer the ability to reward the agent. So it'll say, "Hey, do you want to give them a cup of coffee, a lunch, or you know, like a product?" And you can actually tie that into incentives for your team. They accrue a certain number of uh, coffee votes, and they get a Starbucks gift card. They accrue a certain number of lunch points. They get. Uh, a gift card to let's say Chipotle, um, and then it. if they if they read, yeah, it's it's fantastic, and in, and in my experience, it makes it, it gives the agents uh, an extra incentive to uh, you know work just a little bit harder to make the customer happy, yep. and it also, in my experience, helps reduce uh, the burnout that can happen from CX because well, well, uh, it's a it's a hard job. And, uh, you know, having that, that boost of, uh, of positivity can really go a long way. And, and then what's also great about Stella. Yep. You know, no, I was going to say, and, Matt, and on top of that, just to add to it, it's 
the fat. Me and you mentioned this on our on our on our chats together earlier. The faster we can make customer experience, customer service, customer support, customer operations front and center for how directly tied it is to the bottom line of a business and to the, the to the to the company's ability to grow and to scale and to retain their customers. Man, it, that, I, I love I love that. Right, that's a huge way. Of, if we could, if more of our CX leaders could push for using tools like Stella to be able to effectively rate how reps are doing and incentivize them to continue to do that, man, think yeah. about how much easier it is to grow a business that way. I love it, Matt. That's a, that's a great point. Yeah, and on the flip side of the of the positive stuff, you've got um, you know typically when you do any kind of survey, whether it's NPS or, or CSAT. You know, getting customers to write detailed feedback uh, can be a challenge. Yep. Um, I don't know about you. Absolutely. I get I get support surveys all the time, and I'll you know when I fill them out, I'll just kind of rate. If it's asking me to type stuff, I, I'm too busy. Uh, so what what's great about Stella is when they when they rate three stars or less, um, then they're given an option. What could the agent improve? And it's just a couple of like default options: okay. knowledge. Uh, uh, you know, friendliness, uh, and it, it, and so on, sure, and sure. they can just check that box. And so then, when you're looking at the feedback for the agent, you can see, oh, you know, uh, Bob has gotten uh, 15 comments recently from customers saying that he's not friendly. Right. Okay, that's something that I need to look at. Maybe I should QA a couple more of his phone calls to make sure uh, that. You know, there's not something we can maybe coach a little bit. Absolutely. Maybe it's a misunderstanding. Maybe it's something else. Absolutely. No, you're and then and then on top of it, Matt, just to be able to bring those learnings and those findings back to your team weekly meetings and, and really share it, right? Make it make it an opportunity to get the entire team better. It, oftentimes it's not even about direct individualized performance management. Rather, it's it's taking one individual's specific situation or their specific encounter that they had in a week and sharing it with the whole team. It's more about a, a learning lesson. I love it. That's fantastic. Um, so in terms Absolutely. of uh, fire round question, my friend, I have uh, uh, a little <laughs> little question for you. So tell the CH Chronicles Nation about one of the most entertaining customer interactions that you've ever had. Um, it can be a fantastic one, Matt, where you really, really, it was a great like interaction, or it could be a challenge. It could be one that you, you want to share kind of why it was uh, so tricky to, to navigate. Yeah. Uh, that's a great question. <laughs> you know what? I'll tell, uh, I'll share one that I'll share one that happened at, at cleanly. Awesome. Um, okay. and I like, I actually really like telling the story. It's, it's a little embarrassing for me, uh, <laughs> but I love telling the story. Uh, I, I, I share it with, uh, I share it with new members of my team. Um, and I share it whenever I'm talking to people about, about CX, cause I think it's really important, uh, to look at situations where, you know, you screw up yep. and learn from them. Yep. Uh, so I was speaking with a customer, uh, that had gotten escalated to me. And the situation was uh, this customer had sent in a uh, tuxedo shirt that had been purchased from Barney's. Okay. And uh, our vendor, uh, it, it was the kind of tuxedo shirt that had the removable studs. Okay, yeah. And our vendor had removed the studs. And the process is there, they would remove those buttons, put them in a bag, and, and staple that bag to uh, the, the receipt 
when the excuse me shirt was brought back. Okay. Yep. And for whatever reason, either our vendor did not staple the bag uh, to the receipt and it got lost, or they didn't and it fell off. Okay. But the customer received the shirt back with no studs. Okay. And this customer was very, very, very angry and demanded to speak to whoever was in charge. And so that comes to me. Now we have, in our in our terms of service, uh, you know, we are very, very specific about things that we will reimburse for and things that we won't reimburse for. And one of the things that uh, we talk about are loose items, things like uh, cash or wallets or keys or rings or cufflinks or any kind of loose item. Um, we're not we we say that we're not liable for, and it's because. Uh, we do far too much volume to check the pockets or to check every single garment to make sure there's nothing on it that could fall off. Sure, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. And so given that these studs were removable, uh, I made the decision that these would most likely not be covered under our policy. And so I get on the phone with this customer, and I'm, I don't like to go into any interaction like that without, you know, just with – uh, a hard yes or a hard no. I want to find out as much information as I can. Yep. And so I spoke to this customer about, uh, you know, I asked uh, them questions about uh, what the nature of these studs were. Were they removable? Were they supposed to be removed? Uh, and ultimately determined, yes, these are loose items. And uh, uh, it was something that we would search for, but if we couldn't find them, we would not uh, reverse. Okay. And so I started to explain to the customer what our policy was around this. And you know, they absolutely went nuts. Uh, and and what I, I thought would probably be maybe a 15-minute phone call turned into closer to 45 minutes or an hour. Wow. And right. I realized after, really during, that the error that I made was – approaching this call from a no, right, from saying, uh, using like a stopping word of we're not going to do this, uh, instead of talking about positively what we can do. Okay, we're going to search for them. If we can't find them, you know, here are some other solutions. And what I also failed to realize is that this tuxedo shirt was uh, a shirt that the customer had, had worn for their wedding. And so it had a tremendous amount of sentimental value. And by me saying, no, sorry, we won't reimburse for this, uh, I was further inflaming the situation. And ultimately, this is one of those situations where I decided, you know what, the right thing to do here is to find a way to make this customer happy. If we can't find these studs, uh, let's just reimburse for it anyway. Um, it was yeah. their first order. Uh, this would be the, the way to kind of positively uh, resolve this this situation. Yeah. And I really took it as a, as a really, really important learning moment. Uh, how, you know, it's not necessarily what you say, and this is, you know, the old maxim, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Yeah. Uh, and I like to share this with my team. To say, like, look, even even the boss screws up, right? Even even a manager can screw up. Even someone who's been doing this for a long time can say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing and and inflame the situation. Um, 
And I think that's really important to keep in mind. Sometimes as as CX leaders, we can look at ourselves a little bit as uh, a little infallible. And, you know, it's important to remember that everybody is human and uh, makes mistakes and can learn from them. And everybody can can, uh, always be a better uh, CX rep, no matter where you are in the organization I, I think I don't think anybody could say it any better my friend that is absolutely the, that, that's the truth that's the way it is Matthew before wrapping up the show what else would you like the CX Chronicles nation to know about you to know about cleanly is there any projects or things that you're working on that you want to share with the audience um, there's nothing I can currently share about what we're working on at Cleanly. Um, we are working on some really exciting stuff. So if you're in one of the cities where we service, uh, which would be uh, New York, uh, Washington, D.C., or San Francisco, uh, I definitely encourage you to uh, give us a, a look. Um, hey, Matthew, where's the, where's really the best place stuff. people can reach you guys? Where's the best pl- place uh, everyone can yeah, reach out to? Absolutely. Um, uh, you can reach out to me directly. Uh my, my email address is just Matthew at cleanly.com. If you got questions, feel free to shoot them my way. Um, you know, one of the other things, Adrian, that I really wanted to share, and I know we were talking about this the other day, Yep. Um, but I'm reading this uh, excellent book on, yep. on customer experience that's totally opening my eyes to a new way of looking at our industry, yep. how we keep our customers loyal. It's this great book called The Effortless Experience. It's written by Matthew Dixon, Nick Tommen, and Rick DeLisi of CED. Uh, it it really challenges a lot of our preconceptions around what good customer experience and customer service is. Uh, and I, I recommend anybody who's interested in customer loyalty and customer experience in general, check it out. It's, it's a fantastic book. Yeah, Matt, Matt and I were just talking about this yesterday, guys. Um, it, it, it really hits on so many... Um, so many incredible things inside of customer experience and it's a it just gives a a ton of uh a ton of awesome color and substance into how we can all be thinking about it a little bit differently um uh matthew feel free to add more about some 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 of your your you know your your thoughts on the book yeah so the general thesis of the book is we think about customer experience uh Sort of the conventional thinking is that we always want to surprise and delight our customers. Um, and while that's a noble goal, the truth is is that it has very, very little impact on what makes customers loyal. Uh, and that the real way that you keep your customers loyal uh, and you keep them happy and returning is you seek to meet their expectations, not exceed their expectations. Because when you try to exceed their expectations, you're only successful about 12 to 16% of the time. Wow. Um, but rather just meet their expectations and make their experience as effortless as possible. Yep. So, you know, one of the big things they hit on is self-service. Uh, most, most organizations think that Customers want to talk to us on the phone. They want to email with us. They want to chat with us. And the truth is the majority of customers just want to help themselves. Uh, and they'd rather not waste the time talking to us. Um, and companies should want to reduce the amount of time that customers talk to us because customer service interactions um, are 82% more likely to drive disloyalty than they are to drive loyalty. Wait, Matt, can you please repeat that one more time? 
Yeah. So customer experience interactions are, uh, I believe this is the percentage, 82% more likely to make a customer disloyal than it is to make them loyal. Even if they end that interaction being happy and satisfied, they're more likely to be disloyal after that interaction. That That is something to absolutely think about. I mean, that's wild. Yeah. Yeah, and this is this is after the result. They surveyed uh, about ninety-seven thousand customers from four hundred different companies, um, and so it's it's a really fantastic book, a great read, uh, and I, I I strongly strongly recommend any uh, CX leader to read I, it. I told Matt, I told Matt prior to coming out of the show today, guys, I just put it in my Audible account. I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be flying through, but. Matt sent some things over, and it, I mean, it really does hit on a number of the things that we think about on a daily basis, as far as interacting with the customer, interacting with the customer, building out the processes that are required to really make sure that there's a sound experience, and there's a ton of good, good learning and good, good findings in there. So, well, yeah, absolutely, Matthew Friedman, head of customer experience at Cleanly. Thank you so much, sir, for joining the CX Chronicles podcast today. It's been a pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. Absolutely. Thank you so much uh, for having me. It's been a blast. You and I will definitely be in touch, sir, um, in the coming weeks. And I, as we kind of talked about in our last conversations, I, I think it would be incredible if we could have you on again in the future. and We could kind of keep hitting on some of these things that we want to keep highlighting with the CX Chronicles Nation. Uh, you can give, obviously, updates in terms of what, what you're working on. And I'd love to keep the conversation going into the future, my friend. Absolutely. Uh, would love to come back. All right. Matthew Friedman, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to the CX Chronicles podcast. Uh, so appreciative for all of you listening and taking the time out to uh, to learn about customer experience, customer service, customer operations, delighting your customers, and making sure that you help drive your business successfully into the future. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of CX Chronicles. Be sure to subscribe, save, and share with all of your fellow CXers. And until next time, make happiness a habit, CX Chronicles Nation. Check us out at cxchronicles.com.